Welcome to Network Neighborhood, a Packet Pushers podcast where we talk to folks in the IT industry about being human. My guest is Dwan Lightfoot. You may know him from his site, Lab Every Day, where he blogs and produces YouTube videos on networking, certification, and learning, or on Twitter, where you can find him as at Lab Every Day. Dwan, welcome to the show, and let's get started with a little introduction. What, what do you do for your day job? Hey, what's up, Drew? Thanks for having me on. Well, for my day-to-day job, I'm a senior network engineer um, for a one of the top, I would say, medical support companies in the industry. Mm-hmm. My job is to support their land and WAN infrastructure into the data center, through the, throughout the data center, into the cloud, and everywhere they need network access, pretty much. Okay. And you said senior network engineer? Correct. Okay. So you have your hands full. Yes. I would say hands full. <laughs> <laughs> Land and wind. They said, yeah, do it, do it all. Yes. Do it all. <laughs> and then on top of that, learn some automation as well. So that's right. Okay. Is automation a, a big thing for you? Um, yes, it is. I'm making it a big thing for me. Automation in what terms like some Python scripts or are they more ambitious there? Python scripts and actually get into playbooks. My organization is really in implemented DevOps. Mm-hmm. And so we have the whole code repository and I'm, I'm doing my best to be a part of the automation team because we actually have one in place where we have network engineers that have converted to full-time network automation. And I desire to do the same thing. So, Okay. So you're right on the cutting edge then of where the whole conversation about networking and DevOps and that and NetOps and all that integration between operations and, and automation is going. Yep. ACI implemented everything, um, application-centric and um, network-centric. So, yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. So let's get into your background a little bit. Where did you grow up? I'm actually from Canton, Ohio, about 45 minutes away from Cleveland, 20 minutes from Akron, where LeBron James is from. And, you know, it's all around, I would say, um, hardworking town. Mm-hmm. Okay. But now you're in Missouri. Now I'm in Kansas City, Missouri. When I got out the military, which I spent six years in, um, this is where I transitioned to. Okay. And how did you get into technology? Did you was it something you're interested in as a kid, or something that you thought might be a good career? What What was the the motivation? Well, being from Canton, Ohio, you know it's an old steel mill town. Uh-huh. There weren't too many jobs there, and so it was either go to college or you know wind up somewhere I don't want to be. You know, at the high school, uh-huh. the only option I really had was to go to the military. So that's what I chose to do. And when I went into the Air Force, I chose a technical job, which which was a computer operator, Uh wound it up on the help desk. And then I progressed from the help desk all the way to like system administrator and network administrator throughout my career. Okay. So your introduction to technology came through the Air Force. Correct. What kind of training do you get in the military? My career started, like I said, on the help desk doing Windows NT. Supporting mm-hmm. Windows NT environments, PDCs and BDCs, learning everything about Windows right before Active Directory into the transition of SAM migrations in Windows Active Directory. So, mm-hmm. yeah, help desk. I, I think that's a common way a lot of people start their careers, and I think in some ways it's good because you sort of have to learn those human skills as well, working with people who are frustrated, angry, and maybe not able to know how to describe the problems they're having. Uh, definitely, especially when you're working with like generals who have no time. <laughs> Oh, that's got to be some pressure. <laughs> yes, yes. It it was pressure at first, but then, I don't know, I think it, it kind of just shaped me into who I am today. Okay, so, and starting from the help desk and system administration, you could go, you know, in a lot of different directions. Why networking in particular? Networking just always fascinated me because it's how people connect to the internet and to their relationships with people, business, everything you can think of. It starts on the network. 
you know, and for my type of personality, um, I'm connected with a lot of people. It just kind of just suits who I am. You know what I mean? It felt natural to you to to be involved in that that layer that's enabling all the connectivity. For sure. I love the OSI motto. I just love <laughs> learning that information. You know, all people you know? <laughs> You're like layer two, layer three. That's where I feel good. Yep. <laughs> Is it plugged in? We're good. <laughs> That's awesome. So after the military, where where did you go next? Well, after the military, like I said, I landed in Kansas City. It took me a few months to find a job, which I think I marketed myself horribly. <laughs> <laughs> how do you mean? <laughs> Meaning that I didn't really know how to say, hey, I did all this cool stuff in the military, put it on my resume now, go out and get a job. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. really the resources weren't widely available to um, back then as they are today. So, And what kind of time period are we talking about? Um, 2007 is when I got out of the military. So okay. right on the edge of, I would say, VMware, when everything was starting to go toward virtualization. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. along with that, you know, I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you do, but everybody was outsourcing at that time. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that was a big deal. That was going to yeah. save everybody money. Exactly. So with virtualization coming around and then everybody outsourcing, coming to Kansas City, um, even though I had, you know, a top secret clearance and all these skills, it was kind of hard to find a job. And you feel like part of that is just because you weren't quite sure how to present what you knew? Correct. I didn't really know how to present what I knew. And I didn't really know how to walk in an interview with confidence to say, hey, this is what I know. Mm-hmm. And although you know, it doesn't align with, let's say, the skills that you're looking for specifically, they are transferable. And I can go in there and learn or, you know, achieve whatever I need to achieve on the job and add value to your company. Right. Yeah. I think that's the other thing is I would assume that coming from the military, that would mean that you know, you, you, you can learn how to learn, that they throw a lot of different things at you and you have to get mastery pretty quickly. Right. I'm coachable. You're coachable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I guess that's hard to put on a resume, though. Right. And, you know, coming from the environments that I was in, a lot of the applications that I supported and the system that I supported weren't out in the commercial world. Mm, So it's hard to say you worked on this system that's totally classified. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I can tell you about this, but then I'd have to kill you. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's also hard to put on a resume. Right. All right. So then how did you get started? Because a lot of the things that you write about in Lab Every Day is about professional development, about certifications, about enhancing your skill set, your professional credibility. How did you start down that track? You know, it's just um, a journey, you know, coming from where I come from. This is just kind of tying into my answer with it not being a lot of opportunity in my hometown. You know, it's easy to have a bad perspective or a Saudi perspective on life, you know? Uh So even though I got out of the military and I had a hard time finding a job and I winded up on the help desk and doing that for six years, I've always kept a good perspective on life and a good outlook on life and doing my best to learn and treat people how they want to be treated, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I guess while I was on the help desk for six years, it came a point to where I got remarried and my wife, we had another child and then the company that I was actually working for where they were closing. Uh-huh. I was kind of forced to make a transition. Right. And from there, that's when I went to a boot camp, got some new skills, um, really dove into Cisco and career just kind of turned around. 
Okay. Had you had a lot of exposure to Cisco before then, before you got into the boot camp? Before I got into the boot camp, um, for the six years on the help desk, no. In the military, I had some experience, but even then, you know, I was more focused on servers. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You know? Sysadmin. Yeah. And the help desk. Yeah, sysadmin. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. And then, even though I did have network experience, you know, back in the Air Force, you know, it was X.25. So network was totally different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not going to help. Yeah. <laughs> what made you think, okay, boot camp, that's the way I want to go. I need to get into this. Why? What, what drove you there? Well, I was working with a guy on the help desk, Roger. He had went through this boot camp and he told me about it. And he ended up leaving the company and when the company was downsizing. And so I remember this. And so I reached out to him. And when I did, they informed me that my they could I could utilize my MGI bill. So it would cost nothing for me uh-huh. to go through this boot camp and revamp my skills. So that's what I chose to do. And it worked out good. Okay. So that was going to be my next question. You didn't have to pay out of pocket for this then? Correct. Correct. I use my MGI benefits in order to pay for this. Okay. And what was it like doing the boot camp while also holding down the job and, and having a family? It was cool. You know, I, you know, I'm blessed to have, you know, uh, a wife who's a team player, kids as team players, you know, we're, our motto is the teamwork make the dream work. Uh-huh. So, you know, while I'm doing what I need to do, you know, they're doing what they need to do. And then when we got time to, you know, spend time as a family, we do that. You know what I mean? So, right just balancing the best I could. That's interesting. When I, people like to blog about their certification journey and I think because it helps them and it helps other folks. And one of the things that seems to be a common theme in those stories is that the spouse uh, and the family kind of has to be a partner in that. Got to. I mean, or you lose her. <laughs> or you <fail. laughs> yeah, because you're putting I mean, in a lot of time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's happened. I've heard and I've known people that lost their marriage going for the CCIE. It happens. Okay. So what certifications are you currently holding today? A plus, Security Plus, ITIL, MCP, um, Azure Certified, CCMP, uh, MP Desi, which is Network Programmability. And I think that's it. I might be forgetting some. I'm not sure. That's that's a pretty good list. Yeah. So what is it then that that keeps you going back uh, for more information, more knowledge, and and more certs? The industry's moving so fast, you know, and I'm afraid of... (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm just yeah. have this fear that I'm going to wake up and I don't know, the network's going to be down and I just have no clue what's going on. And that happens every day. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You're going to wake up being an X20.25 guy in a TCP IP world. Yeah. Oh, man. Or All in I this know case, is BNC. A, yeah. Uh huh. Right. Or in this case, a DevOps world. Uh, and, oh, and you're yeah. still a CLI person. Yeah. And I'm still in my 30s. That's scary. <laughs> So uh, it sounds like a little bit of fear keeps you going. What about money? I mean, it's okay to want to to climb up the ladder, right? Yeah, I, I believe, you know, when it comes to money, yeah, the money is good, you know, but the money comes. You get good at what you do. It's going to be there. I'm more focused on the knowledge and just helping, you know, when it comes to the money, it, it's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Once you get good at what you do, you know, it's, they'll offer you more than what you even ask for sometimes. So, mm-hmm. And what about just sort of plain curiosity, like... Oh, I, I, I want to learn more about that. Yeah, um, I dig rabbit holes every day in my lab. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know about I'm sure you know about that, but yeah, I get in one technology. Like the other day, I was working on BGP and VRFs, and then I'm all of a sudden just stuck in, you know, HSRP or something. You know what I mean? It's just constantly 
the more you learn, the bigger the labs you you build. <laughs> the deeper the rabbit hole goes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So w- when did you make your first home lab? When I started for my CSENT. That's when I made my, so back in 2015. Okay. I made my first home lab. And is this like just in the basement? You got a, a couple of servers, maybe some VMs. What, what's, what's the lab like now? So I have a room now that has my gear i should say and i don't have i never had a server i use just use desktops and virtualize everything okay uh-huh and so i just load it up with ram and use a type 2 hypervisor or if i got an old enough system i put an esx on it uh-huh. it that way so okay and then you do all your switching and routing and whatever else you need to do in that virtual environment yeah so right now what i use my lab for is basically things that i see in my environment at work Mm-hmm. You know, that I said at a client site um, that's not data center related. I lab it up at home and troubleshoot it that way and come up with di- different designs and solutions that way. And then also I test my network automation in my home lab as well. Okay. That makes sense. So what compelled you to start Lab Every Day? Maybe just tell folks a little bit about what Lab Every Day is. <laughs> Honestly, I used to rap, to be honest with you. And Did so, you? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so when um, I used to rap, me and my friends, you know, we're about to go to the lab. That's what we call the studio. Uh-huh. And so we was in the lab every day. Nice. But my mentality is the only way you get better at something is to do it every day. And so when I started going for the CCNA, it was the same mindset. You know, I, if I if I didn't lab one day, then the next day I forgot everything that I learned the previous 10 days. So it was like, you know what? I have to do this every day or I'm not going to make it. Okay, so studying, yes, you need to hit the books, you need to read the blogs and and go through the materials, but you also want to be able to to touch it and and see it and diagram it out in a lab. It's the repetition because the many levels that I've had in you know the in IT industry, one of the things I I learned as a senior network engineer is how I handle outages, how I handle tickets. I feel most of my career, you know, I reacted to things. An outage happened. And I'm immediately reacting. Uh And now, you know, seeing so much and having so many um, different issues, I'm learning to respond, get all the information, gather as much as I can, and then respond. You know what I mean? Okay. So like step back, take a second, figure out some context, get some information before you just dive in and start trying to get, get back up. Correct. Okay. Yeah. That comes from experience, I think. I think. (laughs) (laughs) So, and then you decided to start sharing. You, you made a website, Lab Every Day, to, to talk about your own journey. Yes, yes. And I'm still in the process of really getting to where I want to be because I would like to put out labs and everything on Lab Every Day. But for me, Lab Every Day is not just about the lab. There's, you know, a million people creating labs and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's all the intangibles that go into your lab, you know, um, like you said. The, the repetition, the reading, the blogs, the relationships, all of that goes into building your lab environment, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you want to share that and, and sort of help other folks out who might be starting down a certification path. Correct. Yeah. You recently passed Cisco's NPDESI. Uh, congrats. That's great. You wrote a blog about it. Uh, and in the blog, you wrote, quote, Okay, I need to make a confession. I failed this exam twice because I did not take my own advice. Uh, that's <laughs> that's a confession, yeah. So first I want to know, what was your own advice that you didn't take? Whenever I go into a certification, the first thing I usually do is I print out the exam topics, and then I throw them in my OneNote, 
And then as I'm preparing my labs, as I'm studying my books, my videos, I'm taking notes in my OneNote Uh to ensure that I'm covering every topic that's listed for that certification. Uh And I didn't do that the first two times. Uh (laughs) The the first two times, well, the first time I took it at Cisco Live just on a whim, like, hey, let me take this. I've been doing automation. Let me see what I know. Right. Okay. And I'm here and I can just sit in and see what happens. Correct. And Uh I failed it. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) And you're not alone there. (laughs) And so the second time I went through all the Cisco training, I went through a lot of labs and just, I thought I knew it. You know, I thought I was ready. Mm -hmm. And then I walk into the exam and I fell it again. And I'm like, oh shoot, I got like two, three weeks before my CCMP expires. Mm -hmm. Like it's, Getting real, you know. <laughs> Clock's ticking. <laughs> right. And so I went and printed out those exam topics, went through line by line and added my notes, added it to one note. And now I have a, a whole entire book on the certification that's no longer valuable. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's frustrating. Yeah, but it's all good. So I'm curious why you think sort of you, you didn't follow your own advice. You didn't sort of do what you or telling other people to do like where did your where did your system break down so at that time this was back in january february i started a new job i went to cisco live barcelona mm-hmm. i just bought a house mm-hmm. there were a million things on my plate and i didn't prioritize the certification like i should okay you know i was thinking because i'm doing automation because i had this understanding that i would just figure it out mm-hmm and so the reality set in and it was like, okay, let me buckle down and um, do what I know, you know? Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, you sort of feel like I've built up some experience. I've got some knowledge. Maybe I can just run and gun this and see what happens. Right. Yeah. And then life hits you in the chest and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like the 76 or say, you got to trust the process. Correct. It's got to. Got to embrace the journey. So, and this, you mentioned Microsoft OneNote. I watched one of your training videos and it really is about how you're using OneNote to organize study materials and information. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, it's not like, you know, here's five weird things you need to know about TCP or some other technical subject. It's here's how I organize and maybe you can learn something from this. And it, it struck me just how much, how important organization and having a plan and a schedule is when you are engaging in some kind of professional development or certification. Yeah, it's extremely important. And I I don't think enough people realize that when they go into something like a new job, you know, like, okay, you go into this new job, what are your responsibilities? What are your daily tasks? Are are you organizing this? What meetings do you have? Are you structuring this? What tickets are you kind of seeing? What responses are you putting in when you're closing these tickets? How can you automate this? What generated responses can you save in your OneNote? for emails and things like that, just organizing to the point to where you can be more efficient and put time in things that really require your, you to have mental focus rather than those repeated process that just are tedious. Mm-hmm. I'll put a link into this video in the show notes for folks who want to check it out. But yeah, so if you're thinking about uh, doing any kind of professional development, uh, take a page of advice from Duan and, and get organized. And, and he's got a really good video about how he uses OneNote. And it's pretty comprehensive. Thank you. The other thing is, so you, we, we mentioned you didn't pass the, the test a couple of times. I think it's great 
everybody loves to share stories of success. It's much harder to to talk about failure, particularly in a searchable medium like the web, where maybe uh, a potential um, employer could see it or colleagues or whatever. That you, you sort of take a risk. So I think it's there's just like an act of bravery in in sharing failure. Yeah, um, it's 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 a weird it's a weird platform because. I'm all about helping and I'm all about inspiring. But like when you have your own goals, like you got to sort of kind of be selfish. You got to like um, limit the noise because if I'm really going to achieve my goals, there's going to be failure involved, uh-huh. you know, and I got to kind of own that. And rather than worrying about what everybody else thinking, that's going to drain me and take energy. So it's like, all right, this is what happened. It's a fact. I did fail. So, all right, this is what it is. Now let me get back to it and pass, you know. And talking about inspiration, in some ways it's it can be more inspiring for another person to read about somebody who tried something and didn't achieve it, but then kept back at it and kept going than just, yep, I did it, I got it, it's done, hooray for me. Yeah, the MP Desi was that type of journey. But one of the things that I'm dealing with now is like, okay, I do want to be achieve the CCIE, mm-hmm. but that's a whole nother like animal yeah you actually got to kind of like disappear from the face of the earth (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) it's not one of those things where you can just be out like hey i'm working on my ccie follow me no it's not that right absolutely no that's a commitment a serious commitment yeah lately there's been some debate about the value of certifications particularly as we move toward automation uh and more applications and services are going to the cloud do you have a take on the value of certifications versus the value of just doing stuff hands-on, learning on your own, um, because you can do so much now on your own, versus going out and having somebody stamp something that says, yes, boom, you, you've, you've done this? Uh, the mindset that skills pays the bills. Mm-hmm. I believe that that's ultimately that what's going to get you that salary that you desire. But I'm also in belief that you know certifications do get you an interview. Right. Right. And then they do also say, okay, this is how much you should pay me when I have these skills. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So it can get you past those HR hurdles uh, when they're looking at resumes, if you've got certifications and it also helps you sort of set a market value for yourself, but it's not enough just to do the certification. You actually have to have the knowledge and the hands-on experience behind it as well. You got to lab every day. You really have to put in the work. <laughs> so not only, you know, prove yourself in that interview, but to, keep the job and gain new skills to get your next job. You know, it's, it's a journey. You you can't get comfortable or Mm -hmm. complacent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any recommendations for folks who are just starting out in the industry where they might want to direct their energies, especially since we're sort of in a transition point now with automation coming to the fore? Yeah, it's tough. You know, um, everybody's talking about automation in the cloud, but ultimately the cloud is one data center. Mm -hmm. When you're using Azure in in AWS, you know, you're kind of like an account manager in some sense, you know, understanding the different services and the pricing and everything. So getting the basic understanding of the cloud and how to use Azure, AWS, how to network and how, you know, public and private infrastructures interact with the cloud and hybrid infrastructures and all that. I was so just getting an overview of that and then maybe sprinkling in some automation, which whether it be Python or PowerShell or something like that. 
and Linux. Linux, of course. Linux is probably the number one operating system you should learn, in my opinion, right now. Why is that? Because Linux is in it's in Azure, it's in AWS, it's in back end, it's in front end, it's on Raspberry Pis. Linux is, you know, everything's built on Linux in some form or fashion these days. Okay. So whether or not you go to get certified in a particular flavor, or whatever, just have some familiarity with Linux, with its constructs, with, with how it works. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And and in same my, thing. That's in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds right to me too. Uh, talking a little bit about Python, PowerShell, some kind of uh, scripting tools, having a basic understanding of how these cloud services work because on the surface they're the same, but there are some significant differences underneath that you need to be aware of. Uh, right. And it's likely that your organization may have uh, cloud services across providers. So you need that familiarity there as well. So yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Getting an understanding of DevOps, I, I would say, you know, the DevOps handbook, and then there's the what is it? Project. What's oh, the Phoenix name? project. Yeah, the Phoenix project. Yeah. Read. And that, that book is probably an easier read than the device handbook, mm-hmm. but reading, reading the Phoenix project and getting an understanding of DevOps and the way business is structured will help you maybe not in the beginning of your career, but when you actually get to that mid-level senior level, and maybe even the management, you can understand how IT infrastructures are, where they're going and why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. All right. So then maybe let me put you on the spot a little bit. What what does DevOps mean to you, especially considering it sounds like your organization has engaged with the DevOps model? DevOps to me means that an organization can put out their product as quickly as possible, support it as quickly as possible, and um, get feedback as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Is it's no downtime, you know, Netflix, everybody brings up Netflix, you, right. know, you know, they're never down. So as far as we know, yeah. Yeah. As far as we know, they, and even they are down, they probably took themselves down. So, <laughs> right. That's right. Cause they got the chaos monkeys. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing that they would do that self-inflicted, but I guess, you know, for training that makes sense, but wow. <laughs> Yeah. And if you look at any business, when it comes to DevOps, you know, that's kind of how you want to function in your own life. You know, you want to be continuous learning. You want to be constantly, you know, developing yourself. You want to constantly get feedback to improve yourself. You know what I mean? (laughs) Applying the the CICD pipeline to your personal life. Yeah. Exactly. All the DevOps principles. (laughs) (laughs) It's not just about technology, folks. (laughs) <laughs> uh so you're active on social media uh you engage other people in tech community you're you're making videos you're blogging uh you're talking to me how important is community on a couple of levels you, your career your state of mind your sense of belonging to a community you know i'm a, it, it's gonna sound weird but i'm really an introvert i really prefer to just be out of- <laughs> <laughs> i would not have guessed that <laughs> seriously like i i prefer to be somewhere like in my lab by myself you know Uh lab, Uh or you know just creating something like i like art i like to go fishing i like to play with my kids and i really like to be by myself you know but when it comes to you know helping people change their lives like that inspires me because i know how i grew up and i know the obstacles that my mom faced and you know people in my environment faced and I know the opportunities that tech offers. And so if I can share some information to help people apply it to their lives and, you know, have a better lifestyle, you know, I'm passionate about that. 
Okay. So very much then <laughs> it's <laughs> important to you, this community. Yeah, correct. Okay. That's how do you overcome those introvert tendencies? Cause I know you're not alone in feeling like uh, you're happiest by yourself. I think that's pretty common in this field. It sucks waking up and not, <laughs> no, I'm saying like it, it, being introverted sucks, but what sucks more is waking up feeling like, man, I should have did that. I should have said that. I should have went there. Like mm-hmm. that feeling is horrible. So it's like, I, I'm at this, like, I hate sometimes, you know, doing things outside of my comfort zone, but then it's like, I hate the feeling of when I don't do it. So it's this constant battle that I face. Right. And that's just being totally transparent. Yeah. No, I get that. That feeling of regret or missed opportunity. Like why, why didn't I follow up or why didn't I take that, that chance? Right. Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, it seems to me like you're winning the battle more often than not considering uh, the output you're, you've created. I disagree with myself on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure. <laughs> Everybody's got imposter syndrome, right? Right, right. <laughs> so how do you stay motivated? Where do you go for inspiration or just sort of mental downtime or to sort of refresh your own faculties? Um, my motivation, you know, is all internal as far as looking how far I came, you know, and being thankful for every day that I have, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, I came up from very humble beginnings. And so, you know, just realizing, you know, the opportunity that's right in front of me and not wanting to squander it, you know, being the best example for my kids. And that's my motivation to be mm-hmm. honest with you. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're not alone in that. Yeah. So you're uh, a Twitter presence. You're an online presence. Are there other folks that you like to follow that you would recommend to our audience? Uh, y- y- your podcast, of course. Ah, thank you. <laughs> and yeah. I did not ask him to say that. I just want to yeah. make sure people know that. Yeah. When it comes to networking, you know, you guys are, you know, at the top along with the Cisco blogs, of course. And there's a lot of resources out there, you know, Reddit posts and wherever, you know, just I'm all, I'm all about books myself, you know, and okay. subscribing to um, different trainings as well. What books do you like? What are your favorites? My favorite books is like self-improvement books, like weird books. Anything that's going to add value to my life, you know, how to win friends and influence people. The, uh-huh. the DevOps books, the uh-huh. OCG books by Cisco Press. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything that's going to help me grow. Um, that's what I like. But I also like like science fiction novels and stuff. Uh huh. What's the last good science fiction novel you read? It's actually been a while since I read one. Let me see. The last one that I read, The Whole She Bang, is the last one I read. It's about the galaxy and how it was created. Uh huh. The Whole Shebang. Yeah, The Whole Shebang. That's science fiction or just science? It's more science, astronomy, and stuff like that. Uh huh. All right, cool. All right, so before we go, uh, tell, tell folks where they can find you online. Yeah, you can find me online. Um, wherever you find people that are introverted and like to, you know, <laughs> just post content. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, actuality. Um, Lab Every Day on Twitter. Let me see. Instagram, YouTube. I think Facebook as well. Yep. And, and LabEveryDay.com. Yeah, the blog is LabEveryDay.com. Yep. Well, Duan, thank you so much for joining us for uh, being, this is only the second Network Neighborhood show we've done. Uh, We want to get more of these conversations about 
just just people and, and the humans behind uh, the, the technologists out there in the community. So thank you for, you know, in some ways being an experiment uh, with the packet pushers as we try to get this new series off the ground. So I appreciate your time, especially considering how busy you are. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, everybody follow him on Twitter at Lab Every Day. Check out the blog and the YouTube videos. You, you'll find some good stuff there. Speaking of that, uh, and you can also find the show notes for this episode in your podcatcher. We'll have all the links that I mentioned. If you visit packetpushers.net, you can discover over a thousand other episodes from across our podcast network for networking and infrastructure professionals, along with our community blog and news feeds. You can tweet at Packet Pushers, follow us on LinkedIn, rate us on Apple Podcasts. And if you're interested, become a premium member at ignition.packetpushers.net. That's our professional development site. And as always, remember that too much networking would never be enough and lab every day. Ah, <laughs> peace.